forward. I said four, and I recorded, and now this is in the recording. Welcome, Go listeners, ahead. to the 42nd episode of the Full Send Rejects. We have another great episode today. Rose talks some Christmas folklore. Billy takes a dive into a 20th century serial killer that was executed here in Pennsylvania. And I will be looking into a Boston Museum heist that, you know, to this day remains unsolved. However, before we get into our topics, I think it is appropriate to do some uh, special shout outs. For, uh, what happened to this podcast over last month as uh, since the end of October, we've had our most successful month since we launched in April. About 20-25% of our listens came in the past month, so uh, thank you all for listening. Okay, just me. First. <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to cheer. I didn't know. I thought you were just going to go on to the next one. I didn't want to interrupt you. Well, you know how I think yeah, breaks. I was taking a hit. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, so first we had our Halloween special uh, that became one of our most popular episodes, which is an idea that came from Rose. So cheers to you. Here, here. Yeah, good job. That went well. Yeah, that went better than expected. Uh, we got some feedback on that episode. Uh, that As uh, we're a little more entertaining, but we just go off the script and uh, let our personality shine. So uh, that's going to give us some ideas on expanding and trying new things. I know we're about to give an 11-year-old a microphone. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to go great. I can't wait. I know. Oh, we can... no, wait. No one told me of this idea. I told you about this. When? Don't gaslight me. Like two days ago. Oh, yeah, you did. My bad. Sorry, <laughs> I didn't mean to gaslight you. Yeah. <laughs> Should be gaslighting. Dear, I haven't fixed back today. Now you're, now you're gaslighting. <laughs> oh, speaks of the devil and shall arrive. I'll go into the kitchen. Okay. Um, I know we also talk about doing some uh, ticky talks about drinks and whatnot. Yeah. It'd be nice to kind of expand and give our bit, our listeners like a face to look at. They're like, oh, okay. Don't want to learn about weed. <laughs> yeah, we'll do drinks and Billy can do um, the bug corner. The bud corner. He's allowed to do it. Bud buddies. <laughs> yes. Bud buddies. Yo, I will 100% do that. Talk about <laughs> each strand, your favorite strand, and I mean, all of On our... this episode uh, of Bud Buddies. All of our uh, smoke-friendly listeners. what we have today. Yeah, that'd be fun. It's a uh, banana tree, or no, uh, sled dog today, by the way. Sled dog? What the fuck is sled dog? A strain. Oh, no shit. A stray. <laughs> I can't stand you guys. <laughs> It's a stray strand. I think we're drinking to the bathroom and leave it there. Uh, Possibly, but our child is in the bathroom, so you've got to wait. Ah, uh, yeah, I should, yeah, yeah, whatever. I guess I can go dry. Oh, look, wine. Yeah, it's my wine. I am drinking I'm a small track. I want yours is mine. Okay. Yeah, so. But we'll be expanding, looking at different ideas. I guess those are some of them. We did get told here that uh, Billy here, uh, Getting a little high off his dabs and hitting him midway through the episode is a little entertaining. So uh, good on you, bud. Wait a fuck. I'll keep up the good work. <laughs> Make us proud. Yeah, I got feedback saying that they freaking find it. People find it hilarious when you get lost midway through the. Oh, uh, where am I? Yeah. Okay, um... Oh shit. Oh, I just hit that dab way too hard, bro. After not talking for half a second, where what happened? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I'm reading. Oh, that's a thing. I, yeah. Um, but also, congrats to you to uh, find and defeat me in fantasy football. Good on you, bro. Good on you. 
Yeah, I finally did something good this season. Yeah, you got Justin Tucker for me. That's that's the key. <laughs> yeah, see? It all turned around once you traded me Justin Tucker. However, I did uh, see two things about Justin Tucker. One, yeah. he's the most accurate kicker. And two, he's not even the best kicker beyond a certain range. You glowed how much about his 60-some-yard field goals. Um, Jake Elliott. Yeah, uh, the Ravens need to trade him. He yeah. passed his prime. Sound of the CFL. But um Go play for the Alouette. Since you beat me in the fantasy football, um, I owe you some booze. So what would you like? Oh, uh, hurt me, Daddy. Oh what? <laughs> Is that hurt me, Daddy? Oh, you don't want that. Billy, you don't want <laughs> Oh, he wants a little blood. Oh no, no, <laughs> I can't I can't do him like that. Oh, that will hurt. Well, I will take a fifteener of uh, Miller Lite. Okay, there we go. Because th- th- thank you for giving me a specific response. Because uh, y- it wasn't going to be a good time for you. I mean, you could have gotten either Vlad or Black Velvet. And oh you- no, hurt me, Daddy means uh, Vlad. I knew that. What that's what it meant. I was Vladdy, trying- Daddy. Vladdy, Daddy. If you want some Vlad, I'll give you some Vlad. That's a cheap date. <laughs> that's so. That's, that's also a lot of trauma. <laughs> what are they running now? Like seven bucks. Oh yeah, they're like seven ninety nine, maybe six ninety nine. Yeah, that's for the good bottle. That's for the big bottle. But we can do uh, do that tomorrow, or not tomorrow. Not gonna be tomorrow. Saturday, because we'll be getting back together. That's why I want to part this. Because we'll be celebrating on his second birthday. Hmm. The booze will be after her birthday party. Kind of skip. Yeah, that's why I decided to put it down later because oh. I was going to put it here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. We have a. Two-year-old? Yeah, she's going to be two on Saturday. Well, Sunday she'll actually be two, but her birthday party is uh, this Saturday. Cole's like, why didn't we get matching shirts? I'm like, did you honestly think the rest of us are going to wear Coco Melon shirts throughout the year? I would have wrecked Coco Melon. You would have going to wear... 100%. Kodak would have given me his... Here is JJ. <laughs> it would have been like two sizes too big, but... Uh, I just... It's so... It's so baffling to see. I'm so like in awe of her. She's starting to do like I don't like I posted on Facebook the baby shark how she does the dance, and now she's starting to go, baby shark, yay! Oh, Liz is gonna love that. And she's she. Do you know today I I I learned that she can, um, from watching Coco Melon, um, she's learned to blow her own nose. I, <laughs> she gave her a wipey today to wipe her face and she was blowing her nose and I'm like oh it took me cold. at least three or four before I got him to fully understand that you have to blow out not suck it in yo I was like eight yeah, it's, it's one of those things where just like I don't understand the concept here but she Listen, let's talk about her two biggest accomplishments she can say TJ and she can say Muth <laughs> Oh, she anytime that the Steelers are on, she automatically anytime Anthony screams, he screams at the TV, he automatically just takes one of her hands and just goes, Yay! Woo! And starts yeah. and goes, Woo! I'm also trying to figure out if she gets frightened by me yelling or gets frightened for me because she like gets this like shock look on her face and runs towards me and sits with me. Um, I, I think she realizes that you're angry at something else and wants to comfort you. Well, it's not just when I'm angry. It's when I go play and I get a little excited. Well, yeah, and then she wants to be hype with you. I'm no baby psychologist. I'm just saying. 
I, I fully believe that. She's also like, there's a couple other words that she started saying. Like, she loves, I know you've seen it before. She'll go over to the shoe rack and she'll start putting on random people's shoes. Shoes. But now she goes, mm-hmm. shoosh, shoosh. Yeah. And she'll like, she'll put them, she'll give you her shoes and she goes, shoes, shoes. Dude, I saw her like last week. You know, she gets fucking this smart that quick. She just, I don't, she just, I don't know. She's too damn smart. She, her development is just insane. The way she does things. I just, I, I don't understand. Like, I'll tell you what, she, <laughs> I'm hoping potty training with her gets easy. Like, it's not something that gets done, like a, a band aid gets peeled off. I take her now, and her favorite part is flushing the training potty and going, yay. She really doesn't like sitting on it yet. So, but she got the flushing part down. She'll walk me into the bathroom. I'll put her on. She freaks out. It's like, no, you're sitting here now. I just took off her diaper. We're not wasting that. Let's go. <laughs> that and she likes washing her hands. She likes playing in the water. <laughs> so washing her hands and flushing. So those are two important skills. She has those concepts down. <laughs> There's a lot of people in this world who don't wash their hands or flush the toilet. <laughs> she's she yeah, leaves- bathroom etiquette is not great. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> So it's it's a it's it's getting there, but you know I'm I'm excited to see what two brings for us. She also the same where when we get home, she likes to take my hand, walk me to the couch, give me the remote so she can watch cartoons, and then she'll if I walk away, she'll like cry, come find me, and bring me back. Oh, it's like the same thing I did when we lived together. Yeah, basically, come watch wrestle with me, damn it. Jeopardy's about to come on. Come watch it with me. She's um, she's. I like the fact that she's kind of like she's she's widening her her TV shows. It's not just Coco Melon all the time. Um, oh, she God. she watches other kids shows. Um, well, she likes football. She knows when football's on. It's hard not to in this house. Yeah, because sports are always. <laughs> on. Uh, she. Big thing. Cole was huge on Jake and the Neverland Pirates, and I don't know what started it, but we put it on one day, and he's obsessed with this show. So it's like I've been doing so many different things with her hair, and honestly, my secret is putting on this show because she sits there, and when they say "Hey, hey, no way" or "Hey, ho, let's go," she goes "Woo, woo." Hey, hey, I don't like your girlfriend. Is it the Ramones? You put the Ramones on. <laughs> it's like a, some like Disney like spinoff of Peter Pan. Oh. And these little cartoon characters. It's they talk about Peter Pan. Captain Hook's in it. It's like a little like a Disney cartoon show. It's like maybe twenty minutes long each episode. There's a lot of dead kids. <laughs> she also likes to grab the controller to the consoles, hand them to me, and then sit my lap as I play. <laughs> to Viking and training, yeah, yeah, which I thoroughly enjoy because that means somebody can't tell me to go do something else. No, baby, yeah, yeah. I feel like, oh, you want to play? You want to sit down and play video games? Oh, what a shame. Um, the, the, the office is uh, the Nicole's office has all the video cameras. Like she has TVs in her in her office, full of all the the video cameras throughout the building, and she loves to go because she it's, it's a Vizio, so she knows the Vizio remote. She goes to Nicole's desk, grabs the remote, turns on the kids' Netflix, and and she has like this little like makeshift cat, like a couch, 
that's in Nicole's office and she turns it on and she sits there and she just Nicole will like come in the morning and she gives her a hug and kiss and then after she's done giving her love she goes you do like like you want to turn on my show for me and I'll stay here and I'll be nice to you (laughs) and I just she's insane I she's the most angelic little demon I've ever met in my whole entire life such an asshole no, she, but she's such a sweetheart. I love her so much. When I went to um, Bakery Delight and then got the kids those Christmas cookies, some guy walked up to me and was like, oh, wow, she's your twin. Yeah, well, when I take her to breakfast on Fridays, a bunch of old ladies come up to me and say and talk about her. Yeah, because yeah. she's so beautiful. Better watch out. Yeah. Those gills are coming. <laughs> Listen, if they if they bake us all cookies, go ahead. <laughs> well, if they're no, getting- you five dollars each <laughs> yeah i i yeah. uh moving on old ladies coming from church making his cookies making his cookies i'm in <laughs> oh speaking of would you like some oatmeal and some white macadamia cookies this weekend oh my fuck yeah okay i'll make some <laughs> wait wait oatmeal raisin oh yeah oatmeal raisin sounds delicious i don't know that's, that's my favorite cookie is it yeah, like a nice oatmeal raisin cookie. I make yo so anything give me hate for that. I make really, really, really good oatmeal raisin cookies from scratch. I will have to make those for you on a weekend that's not my daughter's birthday. However, Cole got a bunch of cookies from his fundraiser, and there's oatmeal and there's white chip macadamia, which I figured would be a good sweet snack in between everything else that we're making because so i'm gonna fuck up those oatmeal cookies just telling you okay well you go ahead and do that and make sure you fuck up the lasagna mr i gotta make lasagna and not big ZD. <laughs> you and Nicole. so yeah can't wait we went on a full banter just about her daughter yeah it happens <laughs> she, she's something to brag about though it is called banter yeah, and that's why we do this. Yeah, I can go on about her all day though. So, oh, we actually took up less time than I thought so far. I thought it'd be like twenty-five minutes, right? Fifteen. Good for us. Yay! Good for us. Oh, and see how else we get off topic. <laughs> oh, Von Miller is out of prison. Just saying. Oh, oh, he, he'll go back. He'll go back. I mean, well, yeah, he was released on bond. For anyone who's a little confused by that, uh, we uh, saw before uh, we started recording that Von Miller. Uh, he plays for Buffalo, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, arrested. Uh, well, he turned himself in after um, assaulting a pregnant girl. And he was seen for seven years. She was pregnant for six six weeks. Yeah, not good. Was not it in like Dallas? I think he was in Dallas at one. Oh, no, no. Yeah, they were in Dallas. That's when it happened. They have an apartment. Yeah, I vaguely remember seeing something about Dallas. Yeah, they had an apartment in Dallas, and they're arguing over um, where he was, or tra- upcoming traveling plans, probably something related to football, I guess. Um, and they kind of just it escalated. He started throwing things, and then she's like, I'm leaving. He's like, "The bitch, you ain't going anywhere. But I'm pregnant, and it beats me. Inside joke. Inside joke with CJ. <laughs> I uh, now know if he actually listens to us. Yeah. 
Uh, there was uh, when I was pregnant with Alina, I was doing interviews and CJ saw he came to the office while I was doing this interview with this lady and he did a voiceover. I'm not sure if you've seen it. He, he posted on Facebook. He, he, he Every year he posted just to repost it again. And he did a voiceover and he's like, I need this job. you got to give me this job. My husband told me I need to get this job. He hates me, Rose. He hates me. <laughs> it's so funny because it's, it's not anything what the interview was about. She was just talking about how she's a school teacher. She, she taught music for a bunch of years. And she really doesn't need to work, but she just wants to. Well, she was so, like, cocky. It was just, I'm glad her. I'm glad CJ made fun of her because it was just a terrible interview. Oh, that's, that, that might be the one that gets us canceled. <laughs> you said worse. Oh, I, I doubt someone's gonna. The person that's listening is listening. That was in that interview. She me, was an older lady. Me, hey Billy, we have listeners in Japan now. Here comes the Pearl Harbor jokes. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're not going. I'll surprise someone that's uh, an American force. Here comes the A bomb jokes. <laughs> well, I haven't said them yet. Yet. But wait. But before we do get canceled, uh, shout out some more people. Uh, I know you're about to correct me on the name again, but as we did our Shar Mountain series, we had uh, Shana. Shanna. I can't say that. Shanna. Shanna. Banana. Shanna. Shanna, banana. Shanna, banana, and her uh, co ghost host, uh, PJ, for coming on uh, and talking about the history of the mountain before we. Uh, did our interviews, which I'll talk about in a minute or two here. And I like to give a shout out to their podcast. Uh, they're from the Wellhouse Exorcism. And if you like our tales of the spooky, which Billy primarily d- does here, you will definitely enjoy their episodes, as that's their uh, main focus. Uh, they recently took a look at the Winchester House out in California, including having a guest on themselves who visited there and knows quite about the property. Uh, Winchester being, you know, the the rifle company, and then this mansion was uh, haunted as a uh, fuck. So very entertaining. Um, if you also enjoy board games, they also have a podcast called Games Overboard, which they uh, do with a few others, uh, where they review different board games, uh, which includes a recent episode where they do a shopping guide of recommendations for this holiday season. It's pretty interesting, so I would uh, suggest checking it out. Give them a like and a follow. Smash that subscribe button. Oh, God. Okay. I didn't want to edit that much anymore, but I'm hard out. <laughs> it's so fucking cringy. <laughs> I was watching a video today. I forget what video it was. And then even wait till the end of it. It was like somewhere in the middle, like, and smash that like button. Like, I like <laughs> So, out of all the things that you should cut out of our episodes, that's what you're wanting to cut out? It's so cringy. A lot of things we say are cringy. No, it's not. Yeah. Well, then call me Captain Cringe. All right, Captain Cringe. Yeah, I will totally stick to that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give you a cape that says CC. Captain Cringe. Captain Cringe. (laughs) Maybe I'll dress up as uh, Captain Cold in the Flash. I'll still be Captain Cringe. My little free make, comment. Just make it all green. I'm going to get Liz to embroider on the bottom. Smash that like and subscribe. <laughs> 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 I'm 
And then I'm going to permanently crease the cape. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> like that. That's a good idea. You have an idea? No, it's a good idea. Yeah. No, no. You know what? Screw it. <laughs> you know when is, you if know enough how, people smash that like like button, I'll do it. So you know there how, you go, Billy. You know how we were talking about this year's birthday party for Anthony about going as your best uh, Anthony impression or your do best not come version? as Captain Cringe. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I regret saying that that now. Someone needs to come as Captain Cringe. Call <laughs> it. If oh, I, I'm listening. Yo, I got dead. <laughs> Well, you have the, you're the, I think you're the easiest person to do it because you have your wife who can literally sew anything into a makeshift cape. She could probably put like a piece of, what is that, um, Velcro and just an oversized bib and flip it backwards. Captain Cringe. Yo. An old bed sheet or something. <laughs> I don't know why that's made. Remember it, but we're over 500 listens now. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I have so much time to plan this. Captain Cridge wants you to smash that like and subscribe button. This is what I drink. <laughs> oh, God, That's hilarious. Hashtag podcast. <laughs> oh, just get God. the full send reject logo just kind of like stitched into it. Yeah, I thought I'd get the logo as a decal in my car me too because it's like a, a darker colored car i think the red will pop out and whatnot okay. we have access to a cricket yeah i was thinking about i was thinking about today there are my you know multiple hours at work where i just look at things expecting jobs are fun your your mind yesterday my mind went to how can i get mice to uh be like gladiators and enter combat with each other oh your mind went other places yeah i went a few different places i want them sexual <laughs> Most definitely. I got some interesting texts yesterday. <laughs> I don't know. I bet my mind wanders at work, but I can't remember anything good that I think of. It comes and goes. Yeah. She's like, what made you think of this? I'm like, I don't know. My mind is going everywhere. An hour ago, I was thinking about how, how, like, dressing mice up and having them fight like gladiators. <laughs> like, if I, if, if, like I insert a rat, like like a big meteor after like New York City, how many like mice will I need to take it out? Just get a giant rat and put it against the cat. Just feed us some testosterone. Like a New York City rat with like, I don't know, a Chicago cat. Just see what happens. That's pretty <laughs> uh, Yeah. A Chicago cat? All right. Shit. I don't know. CC. We'll keep up the church. Keep up the fame here. <laughs> I'm the rat doesn't stand a chance. I'm over here thinking, who the fuck else do I need to buy a Christmas gift for? And you're like, oh, I wonder if I uh, dress up mice as gladiators. I wonder if they'll fight to the death. That's yeah. the winning present. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, why is this so big? I'm gonna open up this fucking mice fighting each other. This is a shoebox full of mice and little cardboard like shields and swords, and like <laughs> that'd be fucking hilarious. Why is this squeaking so much? People listen. <laughs> One of the contestants got away. <laughs> oh jeez, <laughs> what is wrong with us? I'm over here like, oh, let me remodel every part of our house <laughs> little bits of a time. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm thinking like 
what if we give the mice LSD? Oh, geez. Speaking of, um, when you come here uh, Saturday, we're going to have a new toilet paper roll. Da, 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 da. Respect. Oh, I, I don't know if I'll be able to adapt. It's literally Darth Vader holding his lightsaber, and that's what's holding the toilet paper. It's a 3D Lego print Darth Vader. It's step one into remodeling our Star Wars bathroom. Well, now I'm going to be intimidated to poop. <laughs> It'll be a dark duty. Way to take my joke. <laughs> so funny. You'd be a brainstorming trooper. <laughs> the force will be with him. Where's that Gatorade bottle at? Force, daddy. Flush, you must flush. Flush, you must. Yoda. <laughs> be one with the hand washing. <laughs> okay, anyways. You done? For now. <laughs> okay. And scene. And scene. But uh, one more shout out uh, before we get to our main topics today are our four recent guests who came on last week and uh, talked about some loved ones that uh, have disappeared. Got us all emotional here. Uh, Billy wants me to take him to therapy now, so that's a thing. Yeah, pay up. <laughs> By the way, you know the government is paying for my therapy, right? I just realized that you said that. I'll put you on my insurance, Billy. You can come with me. Thank you, Rose. You're welcome. Oh, well, that solves it. Okay. <laughs> At least your wife loves my mental health. I'll buy you two bottles of Laddy Daddy. <laughs> oh. You guys are playing this week, so if he be- beats you. <laughs> and a bottle of wine. We'll have some, 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 uh, Terror yeah, if I inev- if I inevitably beat you, uh, I will also take Vladdy. Okay. Okay, there we go. But um, everyone who took a listen to that episode, uh, we thank you. Um, if you didn't, I would highly recommend recommend it so we can uh, kind of spread the word of their stories and try to bring a res- resolution to what happened to these uh, group of people. And if you have a story that you would like to raise awareness of your own, uh, feel free to reach out to us and uh, we can help you bring your story to the uh, light of day. Yeah, these uh, these women were very passionate. They were powerful. They were courageous. And it touched us to where it, it still is affecting us to the today. It's not so much it's the presence and it's the the wholesomeness of, uh, you know, these are their loved ones. And I, I would hate for that to be any of us in that situation and we've been sharing it all over the socials and anybody who listens, please just, it all it takes is a few seconds to share their information. Yeah. The information about the uh, police contacts. Um, if you have any leads or Pictures. have any ideas, anything that could help with the case, um, there's information in there that you can uh, use to uh, get that help out. One person can know the right information. All it takes is one person. And you never know what level of information can help. Leave no rock unturned. Can we be a guest podcast? Is that what we can do? Be yeah, a what kind of podcast? A guest podcast? Is that a oh. thing we could have? We could bring on guests. All right. Those seem fun. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I mean... I, I might blow my brains out, but hey, well... 
Well, that's, that's why I said if anyone has any any more story or anything like that they'd like to uh, come on and talk about, they're uh, more than welcome to. There is other things in in the works. It's it's connected to this, but it goes much deeper that we are working on. Wait, what are we working on? Yeah, no one tells me things. The people, the two mothers that are. Oh yeah, we're trying to figure out a schedule for that. Yeah, we are. Um, there's unfortunately two uh, teenage boys who were found. Um, murdered in the was it new philadelphia um a few months ago and talking to one of the mothers now about uh possibly taking her uh story and about trying to figure out time where that works oh rose when do you think you can get me on that journey (laughs) it's 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 unfortunate but it's it's an important thing to talk about it's very it's very important to talk about although it, it is something that is it's hard to hear, um, but it helps. Whatever helps, you know. It's if you were in a situation, you would want somebody to help you. So all it takes. Oh, for sure. It's just, it's going to be a very emotional episode. Yeah. It uh, so very much so. We all have loved ones that we would never ever think about anything happened to. So it's and it just if we're human. That's right. Text her. See, because I haven't heard from her in a couple of days. We are all human. We all have emotions unless you're a cold-blooded psychopath who has no remorse for any human life. Um, no one likes a sociopath. But it's just one of those things that, you know, you just can't you can't help but to have your heartstrings pulled hearing these stories and it's you get to know these people, you get to understand and now these people are a part of you. They're attached to you. So people who were missing, you had no idea about now are in the back of your mind subconsciously. And you're like, wow, we need to find these people or wow, my heart goes out to this person just randomly. It's they're a part of you now. I have been keeping my eyes open more, to be honest. It really, I've been doing a lot more research and trying to find common. Yeah. I was looking on a map uh, the other day and I saw something interesting where the last guy that we talked about, oh, I, why am I blanking on their names now? Something Farber. Jess, was it Jesse? Jesse. Yeah, Jesse Farber. Where he I went missing. I remember which order we went in. Where he met, went in Tamaqua. And the second guy we talked about was Zach. 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 He went missing in the end of uh, Pottsville. And in between is where these two teens were murdered. And they're all along these mountains. And there's all these different. Um, Old coal coal strips and whatnot. I was listening to the recent episode of Wellhouse. Was it Well? Oh no, it was Games Overboard. PJ was talking about how he remembers this one guy from Pottsville was arrested for, I think he shot his girlfriend or something or killed her, and was heard saying that like he was going to throw her into a mine shaft because nobody would ever find her. And it was like, what are the odds someone else would do that? I mean, with all this, with all now, with all the attention that you know that Sharp Mountain is getting, I know there's so many. There's so many mind shots. There's no. There's so many dangerous parts out there. But there needs to be more attention brought to it to where people start doing things. Or yeah, I mean, it it sucks because it's not like you know Pottsville is one of the biggest parts of Schuylkill County, but the biggest cities, but they don't have the resources like they do in our town. However, as I'm looking for, I 
as I said before, about um, not forgetting where to put Aline's little thing here. We did say on topic because at the end of it, I put ramble, ramble, ramble on her. Because <laughs> <laughs> I figured there's not going to be a script needed for this. This is going to go take its own little course. We literally went yeah. this way with it. And I could still go on and on. It's hard. It, it's not hard. I'm, um, oh, speaking of Billy, I, I have to show when you come over, I have to show you what I bought her. Um, it's more of a birthday present than a Christmas present. I would have to say, but she's like, she's one of those people like you, that your birthday is just like one of those things where everything's blended in together. Uh, yeah, it sure the fuck is. I hate presents. Um, we just bought her a brand new bed set because she's at that point to where she is. Um, she's a kangaroo. She likes to jump in her bed. She likes to jump. She likes to, and she's learning her own strength. So she's at that point to where she needs a big girl bed. And it looks like a house. It is absolutely adorable. It's a twin size. It's low to the ground. And it has like a little walkway through it. And it has like little railings so she doesn't like fall out of bed. But it looks like a little makeshift ha house that she can have for the next five, six years until she grows out Yo, of it. that's dope. It's so cool. I'm going to get little lights around it so she has like little twinkly lights. And Well, I hope she doesn't listen because she'll know now. I hope she doesn't understand because I've been talking about it this whole entire time in front of her. <laughs> Great. She fucking sure. knows. I'm sitting there measuring her room to make sure it fits. Bed, 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 house, house. House, bed. Oh, but that's. <laughs> what, what? Between a mattress and the bed, it was, it was a good chunk of money. It was, it was a good, uh, it was a good time. She's worth it though. Yeah. She'll enjoy it. Now we just got to figure out how to um, rearrange her room to where she doesn't disassemble everything. She has a good habit of opening up her drawers and throwing all of her nicely folded clothes out. How much longer am I supposed to be under rest for my leg? <laughs> <laughs> Think about our month, actually. So where she started like two weeks ago, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was like a month, month and a half. Although I get, have yet to get my brace. Anyway, moving on. Thanks, government. Thanks, government. It's free. What do you want? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> shipping Expedited angle? shipping, damn it. <laughs> moving on to the first topic of the night. The Gardner Museum heist. More specifically, the Isabella Stort Gardner Museum. But I'm just going to refer to Gardner because that is much easier to say. No, I want you to say the full thing. Well, um, you, you then you know what you you should have done this. <laughs> yeah, you know, I had a hard enough time. By the way, did you mention the other day? Or was like, did you, that you just realized that H H Holmes' initials was H H H? Well, <clears throat> see, I'm a WWE fan. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's very apparent in the uh, in my write up. Yeah, well, you told me that, and then when I was writing the intro or the outro today, um, I was looking at it, and I'm like, did he really not realize H.H. H. Holmes was a Triple H? <laughs> oh, no, I, I knew, but, like, I realized I could make it funny. Huh. Okay, very nice. The museum opened to the public in 1903 in Boston to house the personal art collection of private collector 
Isabella Stuart Gardner. Uh, she would work. She would work to expand the museum until her death in 1924, where she left a 3.6 million dollar endowment for the museum, and stipulated that her artwork could not be altered or sold, along with no other purchases added to the collection. There's a whole uh, interesting story to her. Um, there's another podcast called uh, Time Suck with Dan Cummins. That's where I got this idea from. He dove a lot more into who uh, this person is. It's really interesting. So uh highly recommend going and taking a listen to that. Not going to lie, Dan helps me with some research. Yeah, he'll know this too. And I'm not going to lie, he's a little more uh, better than me at doing these things. So... Uh, <laughs> He's like a thousand percent better than us. Wow. Oh, yeah. What a way to support your uh, co host. It's <laughs> better than me. That's what I'm saying. It's like, wow, a thousand times better. <laughs> I believe you do. Yeah, because you don't listen to him like we do. It's not that I don't listen to it, it's just that I believe in you that you can be better. Yeah, I'm not matching what he does. <laughs> yeah, I don't have an hour and a half. The dude goes on national tours. I my own national tour I do is different beers throughout the world. I made a lifelong commitment to boosting your ego. Yeah, well. It is in my job description to make you seem like you are better than anybody else. Today I learned being married to me is like a job. <laughs> Fast forward to the 1980s. <laughs> Marriages work regardless of what you look how however you look at it. Hey, we're in the 1980s now. Okay, you were just. No, yeah, look, fast forward to night. I just read that. Oh, I'm just saying, no, I'm saying in real life now. I'm like, oh, we're the. <laughs> I'm like, where the you hit your head today? No, not today. It's not, didn't hit it today. She beats me. She beats me. <laughs> I went to the 1980s and she beats me. What took me to a museum and she bit me. Good, I get the EUM. Yeah, that explains why every word in here where I put museum is uh, underlined with red. <laughs> sure does. Listen, I was a science major. Don't don't change them now. God, it's going to fuck with me. <laughs> I was a science, not an English major, all right? You spelled maintenance wrong, too. Well, it's been a while since I was a maintenance. I'm an inspector now. <laughs> I just really liked English. Oh, my God. I really fucked that up. Yeah. Maintenance. Maintain Maintain <laughs> Well, as long as I can read it, we're good. So the <laughs> 1980s and the museum, that's not correctly spelled for this one time, was running low on funds, which led to poor conditions in the incorrectly spelled museum. Uh, they lack climate control, insurance policies, and basic building maintenance. <laughs> maintenance. <laughs> Uh, funds would soon be allocated to upgrading security when the FBI... See, I spelled that one right. FBI? Yep. Good job. Good Thank job. you. The FBI, <laughs> the FBI uncovered a plot of Boston criminals to rob the museum in 1982. Always fucking Boston. I thought you were going to spell Boston as Boston. 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 Oh. I'm, I'm <laughs> not in my not... outfit right now, okay? <laughs> you're not thinking low enough for Boston accent. Boston. This sounds like a job for Captain Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna buy a, a box of Captain Crunch and put your face on it. Where is that Gatorade bottle? He said something the other day, and I'm driving home, and I'm like, I just want you to know, I'm holding an empty Gatorade bottle, 
and I just want to throw it at your forehead right now. Because <laughs> she made some dumbass comment. Great, has to be some feminist. Oh my god, he's doing abuse. Anthony complaining that marriage is a job. Also, Anthony turns into Von Miller. <laughs> I'm proud of you for drinking Gatorade. Thank you. I'm glad someone sees a pro in this story. Well, thanks <laughs> to beat me, but you're you're so glad that he has a life. You was literally threatened to brain damage. <laughs> oh, that's not brain damage. That's, that's power. Power that causes brain damage. Then you should have threw a powering at me. Gatorade <laughs> oh. causes brain contusions. <laughs> Which I'm just saying that is brain damage. So, <laughs> on to the upgrades. You have so much fun. I'm not changing this shit. No, I know. You're going to have so much fun going back and listening to this all over again. <laughs> I didn't even drink that much. Holy shit. No. Good on us. No, we're good. This is just natural. I'll have my fourth bowl. Of <laughs> <laughs> Captain Cringe? <laughs> oh, Captain Cringe is real, real loud right now. <laughs> Oops, all cringes. <laughs> I'm not dignifying that one. <laughs> Thank you. These upgrades that they got from the uh after I get that FBI tip, the FIBA tip. The FIBA tip. Included 60 infrared detectors, a closed circuit television system, and four perimeter cameras. However, the Board of Trustees did not approve the cameras to be installed inside the museum because why the fuck do that? Um, they did. <laughs> they did approve the hiring of more security guards. In cases of, of emergency, security guards are, are only able to press a button in the security desk to call police. Because why the fuck have phones in the museum? Uh, security also had to make an hourly phone call to police to make sure things were normal, but they could not use that phone for emergency purposes. Fucking hate. The 80s were a wild time. It was the 80s. It was Boston. Boston. It was Boston in the 80s. God damn it, Captain Cringe, knock it off. <laughs> you know what? I hear a lot of good things about Boston. It's What's a, good about Boston? It's a bomb-ass place to go to. Yo, Jamaica Plains, great. Yeah, great marathons. An independent consultant... <laughs> An independent consultant reviewed the built security in 1988, and while noting that improvements could be made, it was on par with other museums at the time. So I guess no museums thought, hey, let's put security cameras inside of our building. Idiots. The security director at the Boston Museum, I misspelled it again, <laughs> of the arts also recommended improvements. However, the Board of Trustees denied any security improvements requests due to the, due to the financial strains it would cause including raising the salary of security guards who were paid slightly more than the minimum wage, which was $3.35 an hour at the time. I'll let the place get robbed, too. We'll get there. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll fucking help them. <laughs> Cut hey, me in, bro. Cut me Billy, in. Billy, you heard this episode, I'm sure. Don't spoil it. <laughs> oh, um, I didn't actually read it. No, but oh, you, you, I thought you listened to the episode when uh, it was on Time Suck. Oh, no, there's some that I don't listen to. Ah, fair. Oh, because oh, this is new for you. Okay, cool, cool. Did not realize that. Yeah, the dollop is my uh, number one for the year. Ah, good for you. 
Uh, PMT was mine. The museum's security flaws were an open secret among guards and staff. Probably because, you know, they're told, hey, there's no cameras. If there's an emergency, just fucking, you know, press a button. Hope for the best. Run to your desk. On March, uh, in March of 1990, two people dressed as police officers were seen parked in a hatchback near the side entrance of the museum by uh, St. Pat, by St. Patrick's Day party goers. Fucking Boston. Yeah, so uh, Boston, St. Patrick's Day. But what are you doing over here? I'm taking care of Okay, way to stay in tune there. I'm listening. She's just so precious. Yeah, so St. Patrick's Day, Boston. You can kind of see. I'm sorry, Boston. St. Patrick's Day. Uh, the uh, drunk w- witnesses believed that they were actually police officers, not art thieves, which probably explains why they stay the fuck away. Yeah, I want to hammer it in Boston. I'm not fucking with the cops. Nope. nope. Uh, there are two security guards on duty the night of the heist. First is Rick Abath, uh, or Abath, uh, 23, uh, who was a regular night watchman, and Randy Hestand. Hestand. I suck at names, too. I put pronunciations down here. And these little red squiggly worms underneath them. Not on these ones. Oh, they're not in the museum. You said them wrong. Yeah, well, <laughs> I suck at per- Okay, again, science major who doesn't do shit with science. Not an English major. Bye. <laughs> uh, Randy was 25, who was on his first time on uh, on this on the shift. And uh, what luck or coincidence this is. So museum policy was that one guard would take a patrol through the gallery with a flashlight and a walkie-talkie while the other would sit at the desk with the nice red button. Um, Abbott took the first patrol when smoke alarms began to ring, but he could not find the source of the smoke. Uh, he went back to the security room where he saw that the fire alarm control panel was tipped or tripped, and he just assumed that there was a malfunction and disconnected the sensor before original patrol because... For an art museum, you know, why, why see there's a fire or anything? Just uh, believe in the chief sport. Hey, I looked around. It's fine. Yeah, I, I couldn't find anything. Um, the panel itself was going off, so I kind of just disconnected it. I'd like to point I'll, out. I'll find the fire. It's kind of like what I do when I'm using the oven or something. I've got to turn the vet on, and the smoke alarm goes like, I'm just turning the shit off for now. <laughs> Instead of just like, just waving it to where it stops he rips the thing from the wall and be like uh well what is me greeting the smoke alarm gonna do to stop it because once you fan it it kind of goes away you said wave wave fan it whatever you have to do <laughs> wave, Push wave, the wave. Button. i'm pushing her button right now Boop. speaking of i just like to mention that i can never be that person that sits at a desk with a big red button i would fucking hit that shit at least three times a day oh yeah Especially it says do not push unless emergency. In case of emergencies. I'd be like, oh my god, I'm hungry. <laughs> oh, have- I just wanted to talk. <laughs> What's the emergency? <laughs> it bites me. <laughs> it bites me. Anyways. Uh, during his rounds, uh, he would open and shut the side door without telling his partner and return to the desk around one in the morning so a Santa can assume his patrol duties. While he would sit at that school of wine. Yep, he is by the button now. So at 1.20 in the morning, the thieves approached a side door that was conveniently opened. 
Um, Imagine that. That, yeah, go figure. Uh, they buzz into the security desk to the museum. I put do the I suck at writing. Um, into the security desk to the museum and told about that there are police investigating a disturbance because you know St. Patty's Day in Boston. 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 The whole thing's a disturbance. The Boston Museum party. It's gonna be a fucking wicked ass St. Patty's Day. All right. Um, now you're turning to Mrs. Grinch. Knock it off. He visibly saw the thieves dressed as police officers via the closed-circuit TV and believed that they were trying to find a St. Patty's Day drunk who may have climbed a fence, so he buzzed them in at 1.24 a.m. <laughs> Can you imagine being that St. Patty's Day drunk? <laughs> this isn't where I parked my car. <laughs> this is a lovely painting. This is where I put my car. Thank you for your help. <laughs> <laughs> this will look nice in my living room. Uh, the two thieves approached the security desk and asked Abath if anyone else was present. He then radioed Heston to return to the security desk. Abath noticed that the taller officer had what may have been a fuck mustache. Fake mustache. <laughs> I say fuck mustache. Fuck these mustaches. You can't read the words that were actually spelled right. Fake mustaches. <laughs> but before he can get wise, the shorter officer said that they might have a warrant for Abath's arrest. And demanded identification. Mm-hmm. So he had a fuck mustache. <laughs> they, they just hand him a fucking index card that says I'm this guy. <laughs> With that $20 bill. Hold on, let me write a quick note here. Mustache is real. Abath left his desk and the shorter officer handcuffed him against the wall. Um, upon his stand's arrival, a tall officer handcuffed him to the wall. Thieves now revealed their true intentions to the pirate of the art and told the guards to not cause trouble. Arg. Fucking heist movies. I hate them. Hey, this isn't a movie. This is this is real. <laughs> uh, the thieves then covered their eyes with duct tape, led them to the basement, and handcuffed them to a steam pipe and a workbench. The thieves examined their IDs, made threats. You know, hey, we know where you live now, so uh, don't say shit. And if you don't say shit to the to the cops for a year, we'll give you part of the reward. Uh, this whole process took about fifteen minutes. This is why you don't update your driver's license. Yeah, that's why. I didn't. That long? <laughs> my driver's license has my old address on it. Yes. But remember, I remember I got the thing that says that updated it, but they don't put on the ID yet. Oh, because you have to carry that stupid yeah. yellow card. But this year, I had a new ID. When they send it, when you when you pay for it, they'll send you a new one with your old picture on it. That yeah, sounds about right. So you'll forever have blonde hair. <laughs> Maybe I'll just get blonde hair every year again. And a fuck mustache. Yeah, a fuck mustache. I'll write a museum. <laughs> How would they tell if it's real or fake? <laughs> We're not doing a heist. We're Un- doing a cult, not a heist. <laughs> this is a cult of the fuck mustache. Does the carpet match the mustache? Hold on, Pat's. Oh, God damn it. There's a fake beard down here. <laughs> Redbeard the ball sacks. Who picked my bushes? <laughs> Scurvy. Arg, someone commandeered my ship. Drop the anchors. <laughs> oh, goodness. Oh, my God. You spelled Kirk. <laughs> now that the heist has begun, the thieves' movements were completely tracked by the infrared motion detectors. The first room they entered, the Dutch room, 
did not occur until 1.48 a.m. What's funny about Dutch? No. Oh, you're out there. Occur. <laughs> until 1.48 a.m., leaving a 13-minute window since the guards were subdued. The thieves would start by smashing a sound device that gave audible alerts when someone was too close to uh, different uh, pieces, which uh, to an observer, or whether it was an observer or a skilled thief. Wait, did they have that spray stuff that you could see the infrared? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, they're not doing the ice right. <laughs> they're not cool enough. Uh, they removed two works, the storm on the Sea of Galilee and a lady and gentleman in black and threw them on the floor, shattering their glass frames and proceeded to cut the canvases out. Very rude. They also removed a Rembrandt self-portrait but left it against a cabinet, possibly due to the size of the piece. They did, however, take a much smaller painting in the same style. They finished this room by taking landscape with obelisk, the concert, and a Chinese goo. This reminds me of the one episode we did. Peter. All the um, one of our episodes. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. What is his name? Something. Yeah. Oh, my God. Because it's so close to someone I work with, too. Oh, my God. Is it Ken, uh, Ken, Ken Perenni or something? Perenni. Yeah, that guy. I thought it was Peter or something. I know it was Ken Ken Perenni. Yeah, it's, it kind of reminds me of like how he used to take when he just mimicked all these like antique art. You know, I completely forgot she had more people she wanted to do that she had notes on. Maybe she bring her back. Yeah, we'll bring her back. I'll bring the message after we're done. One fifty-one in the morning, one thief left the room and entered the short gallery, home to midgets and oompa loompas. <laughs> 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 oh my god, I didn't realize I put that home to statues of the world's best midgets. <laughs> I heard that and I'm like, wait, did you put that in the fuck with them? I can't tell. No, I did that to make a joke when I wrote this. I wrote this like a month and a half ago. That's when Captain Cringe was born. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I stopped reading make a joke real quick and then I looked in the next sentence. It's like home to the statues of the world's best midgets. So they were pebbles? <clears throat> Just kidding. However, a Napoleonic flag was damaged when a few screws were removed, but ultimately it was left. But the, but the uh, eagle finale on top of their flagpole was taken. They also took five Dega sketches from the room. Not the Bodega sketches. Not the Bodega. It's not proper Boston. The thieves ventured into the blue room on the first floor to steal the Ches Tortoni. However, the only records of anyone being in the room besides uh, there, there was no records of anyone being in the room besides Abath during his rounds. So, you know, some theories arose. Uh, before You're leaving right. the room, the thieves checked on the guards who casually see how they are holding up. They then went to collect the video cassettes and data printouts from the security director's office. A hard drive containing the moving data was left untouched, and the frame for Ches Tortoni was left at the security desk. I guess as a token? I don't know. The artwork was removed from the side door was last used at 2.45 in the morning. Uh, anybody who does not know what a cassette is? Well, I have to quiz them. <laughs> it's a little rectangular box with some string, and it plays the... <laughs> Back in my day... Slow take it easy. No, I pissed people would like you and my fucking dad was when I recorded over some cassette players. Ooh. 
Yeah. How am I going to record the new corn song? <laughs> <laughs> it's not a phase, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> Hank Williams isn't going to care. <laughs> you got to record my pirate themes. <laughs> Um, when the morning guards arrived, they immediately knew something was afoot when they could not establish contact with anyone inside for admittance. They notified the security director who unlocked the doors with his own keys. Well, you think that, you know, the security guards would have as well, but, you know, that part was out of the budget. Um, <laughs> upon finding no one at the desk, they immediately called police because, you know, they didn't use the panic button. They just called police because, you know, this makes no sense. You know how hard it was to get a key made back then? You know how much it annoyed me that, you know, despite there being a panic button, nobody used it? I would have smacked <laughs> shit at it. Like it was whack-a-mole. Yeah. I would have put it through the desk. Uh, when police arrived, they found the guards in the basement, so tied up. Uh, in total, 13 pieces of art were stolen with an estimate value of $200 million by the FBI, who had raised the estimate to $500 million in the late 2000s. Uh, some appraisers believe the worth could actually be up to $600 million, which is regarded as the high, highest value of well, art, art, iced, art heist, Jesus Christ, in world history. Can I get like 0.1%? <laughs> yeah, honestly. Uh, one painting, the concert, is considered to make up half of the value as it's only one of 34 paintings by famous Dutch painter Vermeer with an estimated value of $250 million, 2015, and is considered the most valuable piece of stolen art. Now, due to Gardner's will, stating that nothing should be changed, the empty frames of the paintings are still in the galleries. They never added anything new. They never changed it. They kind of just left it how the criminals did it. Uh, Look at the time we got robbed. <laughs> uh, memories. The reward was initially for $1 million, but was eventually raised to $10 million in 2017, the largest bounty ever by a uh, private institution. Due to the statute of limitations being reached in 1995, uh, no one can be prosecuted for this crime. So if, what? It, it kind of like Ken Perenni, where he's like, haha, by the way, I did this. <laughs> yeah, so if you're out there and you're listening to this, just turn yourself in. Or as we'll find out next week when I talk about the suspect. Or hit us up on our socials and we'll have you on the show. Could you imagine? No, we'll kick back. The old man was like, <laughs> oh, turn off. I was totally there at that museum. <laughs> I was in Boston. If the dude's from Boston, I don't want to be on that episode. And then they hit the button. <laughs> uh, the FBI immediately took the lead on the investigation. Uh, they immediately found fingerprints and footprints, but it was unknown how extensive the DNA testing was as files had been lost over the years. Because, you know, why would the police do good work? That's why they didn't hit the button. They didn't want their DNA. Their DNA. What? <laughs> they didn't want to hit the what? button in their fingerprints. Mm, that could be it. Yeah. Why is it a common theme that, like, the cops just fucking suck in your stories? I, you know what? I, I pick good stories. That's why. Because, you know, the cops did their job. This wouldn't be a story. Do you not know his history with cops? Yeah, we don't get along. <laughs> Somehow, I usually win. <laughs> yeah, which still, I, I don't fucking know. I was with uh, Lex Luthor. To the year 2020. <laughs> Maybe I'll do an episode on him one day. That'd be fucking fantastic. Oh, Jesus. Hey, don't get it, dude. 
I was told I was legally allowed to keep going because he tried suing me. And that doesn't like, mean put a fucking podcast up. Why not? I mean, if you get his he victim. He already tried to sue. Yeah, and he lost and was told, hey, you can't sue him. You want, you're a public official. You can't sue for, what, what's the word? Slander. Um, slander, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but you you think if we do a podcast about it, I'm not going to tell someone, like, this dude's a huge piece of shit, and then I'll get, you know, hit with slander? No, we ain't doing that. Listen, I'll create a whole new podcast and make an episode about it. We'll create a <laughs> Captain Cringe's Corner. <laughs> C to the third power. Captain Cringe versus the police. <laughs> episode one, the pedophile. <laughs> you little, little fuck the badge. <laughs> Instead of X-Files, we be the pedophiles. <laughs> Jesus. They call me the Von Miller of cops. <laughs> He wasn't pregnant. <laughs> you could have beat him like they were. You don't know that. <laughs> Maybe that's why I did it. He was confused. Yeah. Oh, God, that nowhere was I. I'm not even high like Billy. Oh, here we go. The the, the FIBA, the FBI, the FIBA. immediately took the lead on the investigation. Oh, yeah, I read this part. God damn it. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah, here. Took a dab, huh? I, I you're out sir, I don't do that. I found it. I found it. Okay. The physical description given to authorities where one man was around five foot ten in his late thirties with a medium build and another man that was five feet twelve inches on the heavier side in his <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for it. I always love the five feet twelve. <laughs> that's how I, that's how Anthony identifies himself. Yeah, because sometimes like you're five foot eleven, sometimes like you're you're six foot, sometimes like five Eleven and a half, so I just go five five foot twelve. I wish I was like six foot so I could use it. Well, Billy, we love you. Maybe, maybe one day I'll grow. You you can be fancy and just go with centimeters. Oh, I'd be so tall. Exactly. No one will know. Oh my! God. Don't start this again. <laughs> no, we're not going to last night's conversation. Don't start this again. Or that side I'm like, wow, this is the world's biggest penis. Oh, let's measure in centimeters so it seems like it's way more. Yeah. Oh, I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the five foot twelve guy was on the heavier side. He was a little thicker. Uh, he was also in his early 30s. However, the FBI would have several key suspects, in which I will dive into next week, as to which I don't want to take up too much time from my wonderfully, totally serious co-hosts. We won't body shame this this, this guy next week. Yeah, we don't body shame criminals, okay? Oh, they uh, deserve it. Doug was a little chuggy. That's why he had to like do the tax he did to get a girl. I'm just saying it's factually true that he got a high school girl pregnant. So next week, God damn it, you get a suit! I swear to God. Swear to me. <laughs> um. So part two is next week. Yeah, I'm doing part two. Next part two will be uh. The suspects, like I said, it was unsolved. I'll go into the suspects and the actual investigation. Because that's like, you know, like four pages of write-up. And uh, that, that, that'll that make like 16 pages in total today. And Will you spell museum right? Um, This is, this, I there, I wrote that up a month, month, month and a half ago too. I mean, I can check real quick, see if it's spelled right. But I, I can, I am willing to bet. My future costume is Copton Cringe. That I say, Copton. Copton. Oh God, 
the Boston's effect. And... <laughs> God. I have one Sam out of tonight. <laughs> Just that and fuel the fire, buddy. Oh, God. We're doing a solemn. A solemn. <laughs> Get this fixed. Okay, so you'll finish up part two. Yeah, and part now, two will be next week. And Billy is doing part one of Triple H. H to the third power. Double two parter. Didn't we say we should never do this? Double duck? Yeah. <laughs> we say we shouldn't do a lot of things, and then here we are. Yeah. Remember that time we tried to walk to the store? <laughs> uh, believe it or not, not not really. <laughs> I remember. No. Yeah, the store was. Not one thought. Hey, we should drive. Just putting that out there. Yeah, we were safe about it, but boy, we shouldn't have walked either. Can you bring back another um thing? Thanks. Yeah, I can't wait for yours. Yo, I learned so much about this dude. It's like, wow, ripple shit. I I briefly discussed him before in one of our episodes. H.H. Oh. H. Holmes. Oh, I think we were talking about... That's empty. Oh, is it? Yes. Oh, I brought you a bear from before. Okay. That works. I think we are discussing... I don't know. Billy said on one of the episodes that he wanted to do H.H. H. Holmes. It was either on an episode or one of our messages he wanted to do them. No, I think we were doing... Um... We were doing one of the haunted places, and I said it was off of um, the Murder Castle. Was it that we were, and it was inspired by H. H. Holmes, which is also um, off Hotel Cortez in American Horror Story. I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I actually looked at like anything based off of him, like only two showed up. I actually make a reference though, to it in this. Spoilers. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, like, if, if anybody like says, "Hey, I heard this name before," it's probably because we discussed him in previous uh, episodes. Probably. Well, she's he's one of the worst people on 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 Earth. When I say that, yeah, this dude was such a fucking con man. Yeah. Yeah, that's why he's an asshole. That means it's worse. I mean, there's some more, but like him and his damn art pieces. <laughs> All right. What did I do with my boy? This is amazing. <laughs> okay. Anyways, go ahead with your uh, Triple H. <laughs> All right. I know my thing is usually ghosts on this podcast, but I enjoy co- I enjoyed covering serial killers so much during our Halloween special month. I decided to do one more. Uh, I actually wanted to cover Holmes, but I felt probably not a lot of people actually saw the movie Murder Hotel. Uh, Unfortunately for me, and probably you, there's so much information that it's going to have to be a two-parter. Why was that so hard to read? (laughs) Welcome to my world. You're still in the Boston. (laughs) You haven't traveled to Chicago yet. Uh, This week, we'll dive into the years before Henry Howard became the best damn hotel owner in Chicago. I feel uncomfortable. I don't know why. Just Howard doesn't seem right. Henry Howard Holmes. Oh, his real name isn't better. Oh, that's not his real name. Okay, cool, cool. The plot. Oh, yeah, just right. It gets worse. Oh, it gets worse. Cool. Awesome. I love when it gets worse. 
It does get worse. Okay, go ahead. Uh, born on May 16th, 1861 in Gilmanton, New Hampshire, Herman Webster Mudgett was the third and final son of Levi and Theodate Mudgett. So that's, that's the real name. From. <laughs> uh, obviously, Herman Webster Mudgett does not an H.H. Holmes make, but we'll cover that later. Uh, not a whole lot is known about young Herman's life. What we do know is that his mother and father were devoutly Methodist, and his dad was a kind of abusive guy who would beat Herman regularly and even locked him in the attic. Uh, Herman considered himself a mother's boy, but later in his life admitted he would fantasize about them burning and dying in a fire, uh, especially following the Great Fire of Chicago in 1871. Oh, that's good table talk. <laughs> Uh, he was also a very smart student, but this would make Herman an easy target for bullying. Nerd! <laughs> uh, it was very well-known fact uh, in school that Herman was afraid of the doctor's office. Uh, now, at this time, doctors were performing experiments on actual human corpses in their offices. Uh, these cadavers would usually come from the local graveyard after the doctors would pay local transients to dig up the graves. Uh, they also had a fully articulated skeleton. Uh, fuck, my thing went crazy. They also had a fully articulated real skeleton hanging in their offices. After learning of Herman's fear, neighborhood kids forced Herman into the doctor's office and made him stand in front of the skeleton touching his face with the, again, very real skeleton hand. Uh, Herman would later say that his fear of the doctor's office was cured that day. So, let, lesson of the day, bullying can help kids. Yeah, you could want to be a murder doctor. Huh. I thought you had some that there. Remind me when we're doing Cole's Cool Corner or whatever we name this little section cool of Cold campfire story. Or Cole's campfire story when he's talking about chopping kids up with a chainsaw. And you're like, yeah, this is what bullying does. <laughs> uh, he did, Okay, let's be clear. He talked about chainsaw Colt, okay? Colt. Chainsaw Colt, okay? Let's not talk about a kid. You're like, oh, yeah, he's going to go chop someone's hands off. Yeah, the He made a fictional character. About, a, about somebody who gets bullied at camp. Yeah, well, he defended himself. Yeah, with chainsaw hands. <laughs> okay, Chuck the doll is also present, okay? <laughs> Let's, let's put that. Freddy Krueger was also there, I believe, in the story. Okay, so let's just put some more facts in there. You see a little fucking ginger doll coming at you. Yeah, you'll be happy of Chainsaw's hands. First of all, we in our Halloween <laughs> month, we actually just like did these real life stories on how these people were actually real. I did Chucky. Yeah, and I did Freddy. So we know these things are based off. Cole didn't know that when he made the story. Yeah, but you're proving the point. What? You're like, oh, Chucky and Freddy were there. Well, in Cole's story, they were there in his own imagination. But they're real. He didn't know that, though. That's not information he had. (laughs) Kids know things that they don't even know. He could have seen it in passing. Kids don't even, they don't realize some, there's some kids who talk to ghosts and they don't understand what ghosts are until they're older. They're like, holy shit, I saw something when I was younger. Yo, he saw Anthony Bourdain do some wild shit one morning. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Well, okay. What, what, what's the next part here about all Herman? <laughs> uh, Herman would quickly develop a love for all things anatomy because of this experience. Hmm, like he that. would display this. 
he would display this interest by performing experiments on live animals. Huh. Hmm. Uh, he would also keep trinkets, trinkets from his experiments when the animal inevitably dies. Uh, these trophies were kept in a box along with a picture of his 12-year-old crush, which seems real sweet, if you ask me. Aww. What's in the box? A cat's paw in the box. Some uh, the last thing that... What? That's some petrified animals. I know he had like a cat's paw in there and some other shit. It's a lucky paw. Oh. Uh, the last thing that's really known about Herman's childhood is that although the target of bullying, he did actually have one friend, uh, a boy named Tom. He later started this... MySpace. Wait, what? He later started MySpace. I thought they hung out at his cabin. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Herman actually took that picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's all making sense. Uh, unfortunately, this is not MySpace, Tom. Uh, however, this friend would be short-lived as he had fallen while investigating an abandoned house with uh, with Al Herman. Hmm. Uh, there's a lot of speculation here that this could have been his actual first kill, but nothing was ever actually confirmed. Uh, after Tom's death, Herman said that he'd rather be alone. My guess, this was probably his first body. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies I wonder if that picture floor. of him turning around smiling from my space is him like surprising him before he pushed him. <laughs> Surprise. Hey Tom, what's up, friend? Oh shit. <laughs> it's not murder if you'll surprise. <laughs> they saw it coming. He warned them. Uh being academically gifted, Herman graduated high school at the age of sixteen in eighteen seventy seven. Uh, he would enroll in the medical program at the University of Vermont when he turned 18. Uh, he only lasted a year after uh, after he was dissatisfied with the schooling. Probably not enough corpses on the ground, I guess. Zero stars, not enough dead people. <laughs> During this time, he would also marry his first wife, Clara Lovering, in 1878. The two had one son, Robert Lovering Mudgett, in February of 1880. The marriage wasn't great, and it was said that Herman was kind of abusive. Was she pregnant at the time? I I don't know why, but Lovering Mudgett just sounds like a curse word from 1880. <laughs> you Lovering Mudgett. Oh, Lovering Mudgett. You want to cook the turkey, you Lovering Mudgett. You lint liquor, you lover and mudget. You misplaced my corpses, you lover and mudget. He was probably very abusive when she was pregnant. Um, But he got accepted to his dream college at the University of Michigan, and he would abandon Clara and Robert. I think he abandoned Clara when she was still pregnant, actually. Uh, Robert did decent for himself as he was once the city manager of Orlando. Uh, I was unaware that Orlando works like a goddamn Burger King, but it makes sense. I was going to say, there's not much to be proud of, but (laughs) it is a hectic town. Uh, 
while a student in the medical and surgery department, Herman would work very closely with the chief anatomy professor, William James Herdman. What is with the three names in this whole era? Classy. I wonder where this one came with the term never trust a, a guy with uh, two first names. Well, I mean, these guys had three. Yeah. I mean, can you imagine trusting a guy with three when you couldn't trust a guy with two? That's like all of them, though. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The two would become bros because they shared a love of grave robbing and using the cadavers for school experimentation and instruction. Uh, it was here that Herman would develop a very genius idea. Lemonade stand. Nail it. <laughs> well, I left out a very important detail about Young Budget, and uh, that is that he was a very skilled con man. After running several smaller type scams, Herman figured he had hit the big time. After developing a plan with another classmate and studying failures in insurance fraud, the two set out with a plan. The two would take out insurance policies on fake people, then using a cadaver from the school, would file the claim for these imaginary people and make away with an ass load of money. Herman and his classmate would end up taking this fraud even further. The two had taken insurance claims out on each other and staged some kind of accident with the corpses. They had disfigured the faces of the cadavers and everyone else was none the wiser. Crimes were so fucking easy back then. Oh, what a time to be alive. Social media ruined everything. Tom ruined everything. <laughs> the internet ruined everything. I'm not entirely sure how after the whole death thing uh, happened, but Herman would graduate from Michigan and then move to Philadelphia. Get those fucking cheesesteaks, you psycho. He would get hired at Norristown State Hospital, but quit shortly after being hired. Herman would end up finding work as a pharmacist because it's the 1880s. Who gives a shit? Get your cocaine here. Get your cocaine. <laughs> Buy two cocaines, you get one heroin on the house. Well, he was a shitty pharmacist uh, because his job would quickly come to an end as a young boy died after taking medicine from Herman. He would cool. deny any involvement but quickly fled town. He had also changed his name to Henry Howard Hughes to avoid any sort of detection from his scans and probably the kid he gave the arsenic or something to. You know, not to defend like a serial killer or anything, but didn't a lot of people die after going to the pharmacy back then? I mean, they're giving out morphine. Yeah, they were like snake oil salesmen. Hmm. You want cocaine in your cough, sir? Unfortunately, we have not evolved far from that. Nope. You want some fentanyl in your heroin? Being quite the handsome ladies, man, the original Triple H would find love again in Minneapolis, 1886. Here's where it goes downhill. Did he have an undertaker with him? Oh, that might come up. Oh, very nice. He was giving out the pedigree. Oh, just wait. <laughs> Were the body stone cold? Well, still legally married to Clara, Henry would marry Murda Belknap. I should have looked at the name up. Rumor is Holmes had actually tried to get a divorce from Clara, but it would end up being thrown out as there was no actual evidence of the infidelity that he had claimed. 
It's still the 1880s. Triple H's double wife. Who gives a shit? <laughs> the two would travel to the big city of Chicago in 1888. Chicago at this time was the big place to be. They were mostly done rebuilding from the Great Fire of 1871 and was the major city of the Midwest, even if the streets were filled with dead animals and the smell of death from the meat plants filled the air. Despite all of this, this population was growing exponentially. However, the police and fire departments were not expanding with the people. You know, normal shit. Michael figure. Obviously, obviously, this leads to the crime, to a lot of crime and fire and a lot of dead people. Uh, what a place for the cerebral assassin's next big scheme. Oh, wait, there's more. More lemonade stands. Are you telling me Chicago smelled like Velisco, Iowa? Just less bacon. <laughs> there's no seasonings. Apparently, it was like a big place for like meat production. Oh, and then there was just like death all over the streets. Oh, cool. Ground beef. More or less. Hmm. After settling in the neighborhood of Englewood, the game would find a Nairobi pharmacy owner. I forgot I called him the game. (laughs) (laughs) The game would find an elderly pharmacy owner down the street. After finding out the woman's husband was dying upstairs, Holmes would find his new target. Uh, he offered to be a pharmacist to ease the burden on the woman, obviously not mentioning that little mix-up in Philly. <laughs> Soon after the woman's husband died, and uh, Holmes offered to buy the pharmacy from the woman as long as she would allow a payment plan. After turning over the ownership, Holmes would continually continually make excuses for not having the money for the woman, and she eventually filed a suit against Holmes. However, she disappeared a few weeks after. When asked by pharmacy customers where she was, he would say she was visiting California. After weeks went by, he would say that she enjoyed it so much that she wanted to say, problem solved. And they say we don't fact check these days. Ugh. (laughs) Henry, ever the opportunist, purchased a block-length vacant lot across from his pharmacy. He would purchase this land under another fake name he used, H.S. Campbell. Obviously, he needed to be able to finance his purchase, so he put his pharmacy up for sale. Uh, But Holmes being Holmes, uh, when a potential buyer would come to visit the store, he would pay locals to shop at the store to make it look far more busy than it was. This method worked so well that he was able to sell the store for a lot more than it was actually worth. And then after the new buyer purchased the building and went to get his family, Holmes took a bunch of shit from the store and just disappeared. Years later, across the street, Holmes would use it in his bigger, better store with the tiny pharmacy. (laughs) Then the tiny pharmacy. This guy was such a dick. That's fucking fantastic. (laughs) If he he wasn't a Sherlock Code, he'd be quite the character. Uh, Triple H knew he wanted this land because he had a new scheme in mind. He wanted to build a, his very own hotel, which became known as the Castle. Uh, this is where I will cut this off until next week. Behold the king, the king of kings. So what are you uh, doing next week? What is the kind of like the end half? The lemonade stand. Uh, 
basically next week is the rise of the murder castle and like the trial and everything. And then his like demise of his schemes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what got him in prison and like what happened to him. Holy okay, shit. cool. Looking up uh, Chicago in that time, uh, more than three fourths of murder cases were not closed in, in that er- in that time. Yeah, it wasn't a great place. It was a very, very crowded place. Even when killers' identities were known, jurors typically exonerated or acquitted them, especially if they were white. Yeah, the mobsters were involved with like all the politics and shit in the city. It was a whole thing. Hmm. Domestic murder tripled in Chicago. I mean, at least Chicago didn't change. No. <laughs> I still want to visit. Yeah, I want. I want some deep dish pizza, like some real good one. Hmm. No, you can fuck off with your pizza casserole. Apparently, Germans uh, tended to uh, go after people with money and kill them. Hmm. Yeah, they blame the Jews. <laughs> So did African-American men. Huh. But those centimeters, though. <laughs> oh, this is getting dark. Yo, that needs to be like the... We could probably talk, you know, little dick dudes into going to centimeters if we switch to centimeters. Do you understand, like, this was like, like um, almost half hour conversation between Anthony and CJ last night on the phone. <laughs> I like you look at the rank in Oh like what countries have the biggest dicks? Which country what country has the biggest breasts? Oh the Congo, I think. Oh uh, uh yeah, the Democratic People's uh, Congo, I think was called. Um has the biggest average uh, wiener. Yeah, where the Antonia comes from. It don't yeah, I'm not looking want that up again. None unless you got buns, huh? <laughs> So I'm going to look it up and look at pictures. No. Goes like, no, don't do it. That's an elephant trunk. <laughs> you don't want to go to the water hole. <laughs> Tis the season, guys. To uh, be hung. To be hung. <laughs> Christmas in America has long been about receiving presents from Santa for being nice. Or at worst, getting a lump of coal for being naughty. However, the holiday season has historically center side that um, a lot of people don't know about. Wish Santa bring me some coal to put in my stoker. <laughs> I'm cold, Santa. Bring me some coal. In pagan and other pre-Christian traditions, uh, legends of mythical beings emerged uh, during the long nights around the holidays with punishment for those who weren't on their best behavior. Daddy? (laughs) I just got spanked by a mythical creature. Don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) Captain Cringe. (laughs) (laughs) So here are seven stories of characters that have haunted the European area for longer than America has been even a country. Starting with the most popular that I feel like everybody has heard about or seen the movie, Krampus. Uh, This had taken place, uh, or most known for in Germany, Austria, and Italy. 
through the origins, it's, uh, this beast is unknown. Krampus is the opposite of Saint Nick, half goat, half straight up horned demon. Uh, kind of reminds me of a Capricorn. Jersey Devil. <laughs> Love you, the California Devil. Uh, <laughs> this uh, this legend loves to devour children around the holidays who misbehave. Uh, in turn of the additional terror, it, there are notable celebrations intended for the honor of Krampus, such as the Krampus Run, where participants dress up in elaborate, expensive costumes and descend upon the Munich Christmas Market. I guess it's kind of like when, you know, kind of like Pitson has the uh, Tomato Fest. People dress up as Krampus and be like, Krampus. <laughs> they just run down and like grinch it up for a while. Just the same things. Yeah, you see museums. Krampus. And, and occurs. <laughs> no, I spelled it correctly. I'd eventually said it correctly. It was the words I spelled correctly that I got wrong. <laughs> It was the words that you spelled correctly that you completely yeah. fucked up. But the words that you spelled wrong, you said right. Uh, fun fact. Krampus is uh, a word of German origin translating to the claw. The claw. The claw. So as I go through these, uh, <laughs> the spelling of these mm -hmm. have been... <laughs> to go on uh youtube and google translate and have and i listened to them multiple times and i broke them down in a way that i can remember how to say it but however do not hold me to the exact pronunciation Yo, i do this shit all the time never okay i'm talking about anybody from these european uh, countries that know the tales and they tell them every year. <laughs> um, I don't want anybody to come at me. All right. I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm just a poor girl from Florida. <laughs> We're just dumb Americans. We're sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The second of the seven is the story of Grilla and her not so beautiful offspring. Wow. Now we're body shaming. <laughs> God damn it. We said we wouldn't do this. Um, this was located in Iceland. Another uh, terror to youngsters. Ogre Grilla has been around since the 13th century. And she has said to have children who are trolls. Um, 13 of the ch 13 children to be exact. Each with creepy names like pot scraper and door slammer. Anyways, these Yule lads, uh, <laughs> as they're called, emerge from their homes to assist their mom, who have also ventured out of the cave in rounding up naughty children to eat um, over the two weeks leading up to Christmas. I have a theory about them, though. Hmm. I believe the ogre Grilla is just like an onion. She has layers? Layers. She eats the children in layers. <laughs> oh, well. Smart. Really um, seals in the flavor. As I was going through these seven uh, little mini stories of these, you know, little folk tales that are told throughout European countries, I'm like, man, instead of threatening Cole to behave for Santa, maybe we should start telling him the horror stories of what's going to happen <laughs> if he Yo, does. Fuck that little elf. Get the point across. <laughs> <laughs> All right, the third one is 
Mary Loin of Wales. Oh, aquatic. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Wales had traditions. <laughs> uh, they they speak to other fish. You can't speak whale. And then eat them. Thank you. Wow, he can really speak whale. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> speaking of whales. No. Um, Mary Lloyd is the textbook definition of nightmare fuel. I looked up images of her and it just it kind of reminds me of Darkness Falls. Oh, t- it gets worse? Yeah, it gets worse. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry that uh, for providing that uh, little bit of terror there. However, the iconic holiday tradition, which it's said to be um, derived from some sort of religious trite, like a pagan. Like I don't know if people follow the pagans and Vikings and and their crazy demon obsessed religion during these days of the early 1800s simply could not be left off this list. Uh, the celebration takes a, takes place around Christmas time. Like all these involves Welsh, re- Welsh residents um, donning horse skulls or placing horse skulls on a stick, just like the iconic pagan symbol and heading door to door singing to homeowners. This is a silver lining to the terror, though. Um, if you encounter a skull horse on your doorstep, congratulations. You're a receiver of good luck. Now, however, however, um, there when I was looking into other stories about this, um, good luck means if you meet if you you hear the carols and you see the, the skull horse, that means you survived. If you hear the carols and you hear phantom knocking. And there's no one there. You're done. You're toast. You're naughty. You're just. Hmm. It's this thing plop of coal. Horse lover strikes again. <laughs> so that was it. Was I really didn't get much, but it was one of those things to where I felt like it was purge like. You know, you had a little mask and you go door to door and scare the shit out of people or you die. So. The next one, um, <laughs> Anthony's very, 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 uh, fun. naughty or nine, <laughs> very, or no, was it impish? Impish, Belschnickel. Yes, I didn't have to do the pronunciation, the uh, the breakdown of this one, a little pronunciation of it because I already knew it. Uh, from South, uh, Western Germany, can you pronounce out the, the region? The Pellet. And go talk your shit. Pelotinian. Pelotaint. Pelotinate. Pelotaint. Pelotinate. It's a pale taint. Pelotinate. Pelotinate. Bell comes from a pale taint. <laughs> Pelotaint. It comes from a bullet taint. However, a Bell is a German monster who visited children's to whip them in shape as a foil to Jolly St. Nicholas. Can you imagine? How many fucking monsters did Germany have? Um, how a lot. This actually. is all before the forties. Yeah. Um, they were the real monsters. <laughs> he wears a mask and dresses in all fur, and is said to visit alone and quiz children before deciding whether they reward him with a gift or punish them with a wooden rod. 
Sounds like my childhood. Except, except that it wasn't even close to save me. Huh. My dad was German. Both, both <laughs> real feelings. Covered by laughter. Okay. Belschnickel uh, may have or uh, may have been originated around the Middle Ages and is now well known across Pennsylvania, thanks to the German immigrants who moved to the area, aka the Pennsylvania Dutch. Uh, this story is also made popular by the show The Office. So it's either you get a little treat or you get hit with a wooden spoon. Um Depends on who's holding. Did he, what did he, he had like he didn't have he had sticks or something. Sticks, the little the, the wooden yeah. sticks or wooden spoon or whatever it was. So <laughs> this one this one made me laugh so much because I was I looked at like eight different ways to, to say this name. Oh, yeah. Collacanserol is in Eastern Europe. From late Christmas to early January, these werewolf-like creatures reportedly came out, or up rather, as they spent the rest of the year underground. Uh, some say they are buried deep into a underground core from, like, from the core of the... Uh, Earth. Yeah. There you go. Trying to think of the word. <laughs> so, I like how you put center of the earth on your thing here. But I couldn't. <laughs> but you went with core of the blank. Listen, I was in a rush, okay? I'm trying to get shit done. I had schoolwork to do. You really? I did when I wrote this up. I was trying to juggle oh. multiple things at once. I'm like, oh shit. We're doing, we're doing a podcast. Oh, shit. It's a week before finals. Let me hurry up and get shit done. However, um, they would come up from the core at night to play and generally cause some trouble. Um, after they had their fill of above and above ground mischief, uh, they would return to their home at the center of the earth, sir. Rumor has it that they leave, uh, leaving a um, colander on your doorstep is the best practice to ward them off. Um, colander? Colander? Yeah, colander. Colander? Colander. Colander. It's not just like the things where you like. It's like a, a thing. Colander. How colander? Colander. Wait, don't be giving me shit before about mispronouncing mazooms. Mazooms and colanders. However, yeah, it's the best practice to leave. It kind of is like, like, oh no, the cross. <laughs> um, it's supposed to keep them away. If not, they'll terrorize and they'll feed off of your flesh and all that fun stuff. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, if, if you hibernate into the center of the earth and then come up around Christmas time, you're like, God damn, I'm hungry. Who's been bad? <laughs> I'm going to eat your soul. Um, fun fact, they can only count to two. Which is more than most werewolves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, uh, if we're doing statistics. Oh, well, they were werewolf-like creatures. 
Mm. But if the story of the werewolf, it is man by day, werewolf by night. Full moon, a man turns into a wolf. So typically, a werewolf in human form could count higher than two, sir. You would think that. You would think that. Listen, you're body shaming these these some of these scenes before. I don't know where you got yeah. to know. Um, a lot of stuff. Okay. Oh God. Okay. The Yule Hat. Fuck it. Also known as <laughs> Yola Cutcurrin. Very nice. Yeah. I tried. Yeah. Lucky for the pronunciation. Good job. Yeah. I had to listen to that one a bunch of times too. You know, I, I can't believe that. Purity cards. That's why I used uh, Yule Cat in the rest of the write-up. More cool. <laughs> this also took place in Iceland, where it's actually very green. Uh, <laughs> I always found those tricky Vikings. That Iceland is green and Greenland is ice. I just it doesn't make any sense. They fucked up somewhere. Uh, well, the Vikings did it to fuck with people. They did it on purpose. No, well. They sure got me. Those other explorers couldn't find, wouldn't think to uh, land that uh, Iceland and take their uh, precious land. Oh. Yeah, it was pretty smart, actually. Yeah. However, the global warming, soon Greenland might become green. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, global warming. However, Iceland seems to have no shortest in Christmas terrors. I've said that before. Uh, a lot of these stories come from Iceland uh, or Germany. Fighting them in Germany. They're very, they're very sinister over there. Who could be the top with the Christmas tradition? I mean, I one makes me wonder if Hitler is a Christmas story. Yeah, let's not go into Holocaust tonight. <laughs> Fucking hell, God damn it! That one will actually get us canceled on Spotify. It's well, in the, I'm just it's saying, in the... <laughs> like, like all these horror stories you hear over here in the U.S., we're like, oh shit, he was terrible. You don't hear about a freaking holiday cat. Terrorize people. I'm just saying you actually enter the territory where Spotify will delete our shit. We only made a Pearl Harbor joke before. We are not Alex Holmes. Of having a thing on Spotify, you can't make call jokes. Or you can't deny it. I did not say anything about it, sir. Oh, you're just like, did, was Hitler just a myth for Christmas? We were dreading, dreading very heavily. I'm just saying, would that be a horror story at all? It's a horror story to make sure you turn it off is your a horror story. to turn off your ovens. <laughs> You're gonna be the one that gets us canceled, sir. Oh. However, a Yule cat is certainly a force on the list that is to be reckoned with. In short, the Yule cat is a giant cat who punishes people for not working hard. Fuck yeah! This is the one I want to scare Cole with. <laughs> well, it's. I have an issue with this because, like, cats are already fucking lazy, and we have people do shit for oh, them. No, this uh, one's just uh, a giant one's like, uh, work hard, a peasant. I'll get to that. Yeah, we're not working hard enough. Piece of shit. <laughs> Legend has it that this animal once roamed the countryside looking for those, especially children, around the holidays who had not done their chores. Fuck it. Hmm. Kids who worked hard throughout the year were treated with fresh garments. They would leave new clothes because back in the back in that time, you know, 
a lot of times you had to either sew your own clothes, make your own clothes, or you wore a lot of the same clothes and you would look ragged. The kids were glad to get clothes back then. Yep. So they were treated with fresh garments, and just before the New Year, they would uh, look nice and spazzy. Uh, those who didn't were deemed lazy, and Mule Cat fed off of they they actually fed off the laziness. So you were talking about how a cat is lazy and yada yada yada. They actually ate children who were lazy. So the threat was to do all your chores, do as I say, and for Christmas and the New Year, you'll look nice and you'll get new clothes. If not, you'll be cat food. Some giant ass cat's gonna come over here and feast on you like a Thanksgiving turkey. You'll be the kibble impits. What a way to go. <laughs> Fun fact. Some tales of the Yola Kukran actually belonged to Grilla, the uh, nice witch from before, uh, who used it as a one of the uh, hunting pets of sorts. Uh, the Yule Cat was used to dri- uh, as a driving force for employers to ensure that their workers were made were making their quota. Pretty much saying, "Ha do your factory work," or the Yule Cat uses a similar method. Well, he must have a big cat. <laughs> Jeffrey, Jeffrey Bezos, let's go, Jeffrey. You so can do it. This one for me, it was kind of like, "Oh, uh, how are we going to tell a story about some kind of mythical?" Before Christmas demon that would actually scare the crap out of your kids to make them do something. It's an evil Clifford. <laughs> it was a big red dog. Yeah, it's an it's oversized like Garfield. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just get the fucking balloon from the, the, the turkey parade. Instead of lasagna. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's uh, Garfield in the parade? No, no, no. That's the old cat. Hmm. <laughs> uh, last but not least on our little... Uh, many short stories of horror. Uh, we have Fra Perta. This is in Austria, Germany. Fucking Another- Germany again. I'm telling you. Iceland and Germany. I would not want to go there around the holiday season. Doesn't sound pleasant. Well, especially there's some fat cats around or some witchy woman. Right, woman. I might be sold by the cat. <laughs> However, yeah, yeah, it could rose up your leg and be like, Meow. what's up? All right, I'm taking you home with me. Want to take me home? If you're a good boy, I'll give you fresh clothes. If not, I'm just going to fucking eat you. All right, I got a new fit and a cat. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Frapata is a witch that goes, uh, well, Frapata is a uh, witch that goes on a little vacation, so to speak. Every 12 days of Christmas is like some kind of murder fun for her. Um, more so, she disembowels her victims. Um, those for anybody who has been bad. This fucking escalated. <laughs> it got worse. <laughs> we, got, we got a German guy doing quizzes and a, a cat that leaves clothes. And this one's like, yeah, I want to take out your bowels. Well, she's, yeah, she's a witch. It's kind of like she's like, oh, yeah, it's like, um, the Jeffrey Dahmer of witches. <laughs> so the twelve day that's rude. Well, you know, the good old story we have on the twelfth day of Christmas. The good witch old witch did to me. 
Well, she disemboweled her all of her victims if they were bad. If they were on the good list, uh, people in the area would wake up to a silver coin at some point within those 12 days. Oh. So we either got money or you got murked. Wow. You either got a little simple, like, here, here's food for a week, or I'm going to fucking eat you like a wood chipper. <laughs> Can I pick? <laughs> In a plot twist of sorts, uh, Berta is celebrated by fearless fans in some villages who don a mask, such as um, a festival of sorts. And they view her as a powerful figure whom other holiday demons like Krampus stand no chance to win against. So they feel that if they, kind of like uh, if you celebrate her and the town gets excited about, like you're, you're like, oh, well, we just celebrated her and her wickedness. She won't come and eat our children. They like whole entire festival of this woman. No, she thinks we're she thinks we think she's cool, man. So yeah. Out of all these uh little <laughs> Christmas scary uh demons or urban legends, uh which one of these are your favorite? The witch. Cat. Properta. You like the witch? I like her energy. You like her energy. And yours, Billy, is a cat. Uh, Yola Kukarin. Is, is there a question which one I'm going to pick? Yeah, the Yule Cat. I, I too, love the Yule Cat. I, I like the, um, the meaning behind it. I mean, not so much like, hey, <laughs> you know, I like the fact that you just the, you're being rewarded for such good behavior by getting new clothes, which. I feel like for kids, if they behave, they get new new things that they normally don't get. Sounds Gucci. Ha. And Yo, the total Capricorn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot of stories. Like I feel like this. Some of these were just like crazy little silly stories. Like they're just made up versions of evil Santa Claus. But some of these were actually just really fun to look into. Uh, my least favorite would probably be the werewolves. However, the uh, um, Grilla and her troll children, um, I thought it was fun because they like to terrorize people. For those who were naughty, they would uh, like. Which seems like a bitch. Well, they would they would do the things. The I, I don't know if I I didn't I don't think I mentioned that in the stories. Okay, no, I didn't. Um, they would eat the children that were bad. But they they tortured them before they had their the children the trolls had names that would describe their personalities like pot scraper so you would know that they were coming you would hear scraping in the kitchen against the pots door slamming duck yes <laughs> very much like the seven dwarfs but these trolls had thing like they they were named after their warning signs so to speak. So door slammer, you would hear door slam even though the door's already shut. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of like a, a haunting, but you knew it was coming. These trolls were going to come and eat your children because they were bad all year. 
told them to go mm. clean their room and they're saying, fuck you, mom. You're like, well, door slammer's going to come and fuck get your ass, bitch. <laughs> they're clean those dishes. Fuck you, mom. Well, pot scraper's going to have his way with you. <laughs> you just go upstairs when they're in bed slamming doors and shit. You hear that? Yep. He's a coming. So, yeah. So, I it's, they were, like, fun. I, I wish I had time to go and I, maybe I'll go into each one of them at another time to go more in depth. But these were, like, the most seven popular um, scary stories of Christmas that people would tell to scare the shit that, that, you know. Here, over here in the U.S., we're like, you better fucking do your laundry. Or sitting ain't giving you fucking shit. <laughs> I can't wait I for mean, I, it's, I want a cat to punish me at, at that point. I mean, I feel like you'd be like, oh, Katie scratches. Ow, I'll love you anyways. There's no punishment with the cat. I'll be sure you have fireball. I've seen me do it. His name is Drogan. I'm going to give Fireball a bunch of catnip before you guys get here on Saturday. Dope, we're up. No, I'll just wait for Billy to fall asleep and then put a catnip on him. Yeah. <laughs> put a bell around her neck. <laughs> so as she's attacking you, you hear Christmas bells. <laughs> Oh, that, that's my nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> the old cat's attacking me. Bad beast. Where's the color casserole? I'll take the call. I'll take the call. <laughs> <laughs> I regret my choice. Bring me the earth wolves. <laughs> Where's the fat man with the beard? <laughs> the mustache that doesn't match the curtains and the carpet. Where's the Boston guy? In the Muslims. Jesus. Find me the big red button. Oh, we're at two hours. <laughs> I mean, uh, you... Good luck, bud. Yeah, it's going to be a fun uh, thing to edit. But on that note, that will conclude today's episode before I have more work to do. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed. No, we ain't done yet. <laughs> Stop it. Up. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed today's festive yet criminal inspired episode stay tuned for next week as we send it with the conclusion of H.H. Holmes also known as the original Triple H the Gardner Museum yeah. and more festive shenanigans former us Billy shush <laughs> don't forget to follow us on our socials at the Full Sand Rejects or at Full Sand Rejects there's no the <laughs> And Phil, someone you like to hear? Oh, someone did that. We got to cover that guy's uh, thing. He wants to do the uh, the thing that from Last of Us. Huh. The fungus yeah, thing. Yeah, Doobie actually suggested something to me, too. What was that? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Maybe it was amnesia. No, he just suggested it like a few hours ago. <laughs> But uh, please uh, do that. Uh, we promise we will not forget. Uh, for the time being, go out and fucking send it. Full fucking, fucking send it. Send it.